Hello, and welcome to the Rooted in Reliability podcast, your plant performance podcast, where we dive deeper into asset management techniques and know-how. I'm your host, James Kovacic, and I will be your guide to achieving industry best practice. The Rooted in Reliability podcast is here to provide you with the insights to improve plant performance and deliver bottom line results to your organization. In case you missed the last episode, you can find the Rooted in Reliability podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and on the reliability.fm network. Don't forget to subscribe so you'll never miss an episode. Now let's dive into today's topic. It is my pleasure to welcome Bobby Lee to the podcast. Welcome, Bobby. Hey, it's good to be here. Excellent. Thank you for joining us. And for those that may not be familiar with you, you are a reliability engineer with Iridicio. Prior to that, you were a reliability engineer at a few different companies. Mm-hmm. Although super brief, what can you tell us about yourself? Yeah, man. So I started in the maintenance field when I was young, uh, 21-ish, you know, uh, got a two-year degree in industrial systems technologies, worked at Baxter Healthcare. I helped establish reliability there. And I had the opportunity to go work for a company called American Zinc Products as a reliability engineer and did that for about a year and a half before I started working with Iridicio. All right. Excellent. So during those times, you were involved with implementing reliability engineering programs, FMEAs, RCAs, doing all those other things as well, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. At Baxter's, we actually laid the groundwork for that, for getting the root cause analysis stuff started and failure mode effect analysis because we had a CMMS there and just getting the uh, the groundwork's laid for that. So trying to get it implemented because we really didn't do a lot of reliability stuff at the, at the time. All right. Excellent. And then, you know, as you were growing in your career and maturing, you want to go get your CMRP, which you now have, correct? Yep. Yep. I got that in June of this year. Excellent. And what I wanted to talk to you today about was actually getting that CMRP. Now I know there's a lot of non-disclosure things around that. So we're not going to talk about the questions on the exam, stuff like that. More so, I want to talk about how did you get prepared for? What did you do to be ready for that exam? How did you leverage experience both in the workplace and outside of the workplace to help you prepare? But before we dive into all those great questions, what is the CMRP to begin with? So a CMRP is a Certified Maintenance and Reliability Professional Certificate from the SMRP organization. Um, I was super nervous about the test, honestly, and, and glad that I went ahead and took it, though. All right. Excellent. So it is a professional designation. You do have to do some continuing education to maintain it, do all these things. But why did you want to achieve it? Why did you want to have that certification? I think for me, the main reason why I wanted to achieve this certification is because just for credibility on my part, you know, when I travel and and I speak to people about reliability engineering, it gives me a little more credibility than what I already have. Um, I have my RMIC from the University of Tennessee as well. This was just a way for me to get a little more credit. I don't have a four-year degree, and a lot of people look at four-year degrees as like, oh, this guy really knows what he's talking about. So since I don't have that, I felt like this was a good next step for me from a professional standpoint to be taken more on a serious level. Yeah, I have to agree. That's the same reason why I got the CMRP, the CAMA, the other things. I went to a trade school came up as an electrician, worked my way through it. And I don't have that four-year degree behind me. So I feel, you know, having some of these certifications helps create that credibility um, and lack of it. For sure. Now, are there any other benefits you think that the CMRP will bring you 
aside just aside from just the credibility piece? Yeah, I think the credibility piece is a big factor, but also like it makes you continue to learn and continue to press forward because you have to keep this certificate up. Like if you're not doing things to keep learning and keep growing, it just it's only good for three years. So it's like a continuing education thing as well to make sure you're on top of things. Yeah, absolutely. Staying current with the latest best practices, the new technology that's emerging or expanding your knowledge in areas where maybe you weren't as high as you should have been in the exam, such as organization, leadership, you know, or equipment reliability or work management or whatever it is, right? Mm -hmm. It forces you to learn more. Right. Yeah. And one thing about the test too, is it will definitely show your weak spots. Like for me, planning and scheduling was my weakest area and I, str- and I struggled with that. And the test r- showed that as well. I wish I would have spent more time on the areas that I was weakest in. So that way I would have done better on the test and just learn more through that. All right. Excellent. So yeah, at the end of the exam, you do get feedback on where you scored on each of the five pillars. So business and management, process reliability, equipment reliability, organization leadership, and work management. Now, taking those pillars into account, what preparations did you make for the exam? Yeah, so Iridicio has a the BOK course, the Book of Knowledge course, that was super helpful. You know, just a lot of information, able to dive into the white papers on that and go through the courses. And that was extremely helpful for me to get ready for this test. Also, there's a couple of books. Uh, one of my favorite books that I read through all this was The Toyota Way. It was just really good to see how Toyota designs and how they have a stop and fix it now mentality and just the reliability aspect of that. Also being in the field for several years and just doing reliability engineering things and being a part of work management and laying the groundwork for that stuff really helped a lot in order to prepare for that. Um, Another book that was really good was the maintenance and reliability best practices, second edition. Um, It was, it was a lot of help because it just covers everything so well. And of course, I love leadership. And so learning leadership through this, like that's kind of what I got stuck on because I found that I enjoyed it. And I wish looking back, I would have spent more time on work, uh, work management, because that that's where I struggle. All right. Excellent. Now, you mentioned a couple of the resources, whether it was, you know, a class, a couple of books, what other resources did you use to prepare for the exam? Um, the SMRP. So if you join the SMRP, they give you like the body of knowledge and it kind of lays the groundwork for what the test is about and the pillars. And they have a lot of resources there for you as well. So that was helpful to be able to go to that. Um, I pulled some stuff from my, uh, when I went to the program with Erdicio and had white papers and stuff on that as well. So it was good to go back and refresh my memory on some of those things and things that I thought I was lacking on. All right. Excellent. And that, that sounds similar to what I did when I prepared. I took that body of knowledge guide provided by SMRP and I went through pillar by pillar and subject by subject and said, am I confident in this subject based on the text that was given? And then from there, I, f- I focused on those areas where I knew I was not good in. So opposite of you, I was very confident in my work management stuff, but not so confident in my PDM stuff. Um, so I spent a lot of time on the PDM side of things and, you know, manufacturing process reliability as well as a whole, I spent a bunch of time there, but the rest I felt okay with. So I definitely think that be okay guide is a good starting point to identify your strengths and weaknesses and then focus on those specific areas. Right. Now, 
based on what you've learned going through this exam, what recommendations would you make to those who are getting ready to prepare for this exam? What would you do differently? What would you make sure they read? You know, what are your recommendations? So I would recommend for sure to know your weak spots and to focus on your weak spots. Like for me, I knew reliability engineering really well because at Baxter, I laid the groundwork for that. At American Zinc, I was doing the same thing. There's, they were pretty much starting a reliability program from the scratch there as well. So I knew reliability engineering. I knew the predictive side of things because I've had my hands on the tools. I've used them. I've worked through that stuff before. Leadership, I feel like I had a good grasp on just from things that I do with my church and then just the way I lead at work and kind of managing up in some aspects, stepping up and leading from a level that you're not really expected to. It's just in my personality to do that. So those were all things I was fairly comfortable with. And looking back, I, even on the test, when I was taking the test, I knew I was struggling with work management. I just didn't know enough. And I didn't read enough, honestly, when it comes to that. I knew I had planned and scheduled a little bit in my career, but it was very knee-jerk reaction planning and scheduling and not the world-class standard that we have. So my advice would be know your weak spots, study your weak spots. Also study up on the things that you are familiar with, but don't spend as much time there. Really take the time to study up on your weakest link because ultimately that's what's going to make you successful is to refine those and to build through that skill set. This podcast is brought to you by Iridicio. Be sure to check out iridicio.com for a free copy of their ebook, A Smarter Way of Preventative Maintenance. This ebook will allow you to review your current maintenance program and eliminate the non-value added work you're doing which is most likely causing you more downtime than it is preventing. www.iridicio.com. All right, excellent. Yeah, I have to agree. And, you know, for those that may struggle with work management as well, the Maintenance Plan and Scheduling Handbook by Doc Palmer is probably the best reference for that topic. It's a big book. You can go really, really deep if you want, but I think that is probably the best reference for that pillar um, because. He wrote the book on it. He's done a tremendous amount, brings a tremendous amount of experience through that book. And that's what helped me prepare when I was learning work management and getting ready for that as well. Now, were there any rabbit holes that you went down that you really wish you didn't while you're preparing? Definitely. Yeah, I got so I got stuck on leadership just because I'm so intrigued with how to lead people, how to get people to work towards a common goal. And I was going through a leadership pipeline at my church. And it had me reading a lot of books based around leadership. So there's one book called H3, H3 Lead, I think, H3 Leadership. It's a really good book about leadership. And there's another book called um, Design to Lead. So I got stuck on leadership just because I was trying to learn so much of that for church and then just for the CMRP test in general. And Design to Lead is really good because it talks about culture change. And I think it's a lot of things that we miss and we don't think about. Um and I'm glad that I studied that because there was some culture stuff on there and it just talked about like how relating to people. And I just really dug into that, like how to relate to people and find out what's important to them in order to help the culture change to what it needs to be. I think that's something we miss in the reliability field sometimes is that in order to get people on board with reliability, with the reliability stuff, we had to figure out what's important to them. Is it spending time at home with your family? Is it trying to work a little bit of overtime? whatever it is, 
to help them see the benefits in reliability engineering to how it can help them achieve those goals. And sometimes we miss that. We got to make it personal for them. So like, that's the rabbit hole I got off on. I was literally went down the leadership thing and stayed on that a lot. And I should have spent more time on planning and scheduling than leadership. Well, you know, while it's a rabbit hole, I think, you know, you brought up some good points, you know, the culture change, leading people, that is non-technical stuff that a lot of maintenance and reliability professionals don't fully grasp, may miss, overlook, but it's how we get the whole program going. So I hear from a lot of people that, you know, that is one area that they really need to study on. They really need to better understand. And without that, they realize their the whole program isn't going to go anywhere. And, you know, I think it's very important that everyone does study that they have some understanding of those, those topics, culture change, leadership, because without that, you can come up with the best program ever, but if you can't convince people to do it, it's a waste of time. Oh yeah. And it's important to find out what makes people click. Like how do people relate to things at work? What makes them get up in the morning? What makes them want to continue to pursue the career in maintenance, you know, and, and what means a lot to them. Whenever you figure that out, you can dive in and explain things in ways that you couldn't explain them before. It's almost like there's a, in one of the devotions, it says that if you, if you don't hear the person, you miss the person. Right. And I think it's important to realize that even in the maintenance field and leadership roles and standpoints, like, yeah, we look at mechanics, like, oh, they're just, they're tough guys. You know, they can, they can work through this. They don't struggle they're still a person. And I think we miss that sometimes. And so we got to relate to those people in order for them to get on board with the change that's coming. Yep, absolutely. Now, what words of wisdom would you impart if we haven't already covered them to those that are looking to obtain their CMRP? Do they need to start studying early or preparing early? You know, what is, what's your words of wisdom for them? So I was really nervous about the test. I don't do well with tests anyways. And so with that, I was, I was afraid of failure. Like that's probably one of my biggest fears, just the fear of failure and, and all that. So it come down to the point I was like, you just need to go take this test. So if you've studied and you've studied and you've studied, there comes a point where you just have to go take the test because it's going to help you see like where you're at it's going to help you figure out what you need to study more on, where your weak points are. It's not that you failed. It's that you found where you need to grow at. So that would be my advice to somebody. I wish I would have taken the test earlier because I think I was prepared. I was just nervous and kept putting it off. So don't be afraid to take that chance and go take the test. If you've been studying for a while, you feel like you know the material, do it. Just just go take care of it. And, and if you do fail, like I said, it just shows you where you need to work and be better. Yeah, absolutely. Now, what is the one thing you think made the biggest difference in being successful with preparation? Probably COVID. <laughs> <laughs> being, being stuck at home, you know, and being able to sit down and truly read and work through the material because it's not like I could go anywhere. You know, we were on lockdown and it was a good time to study and it's a good time to work through things. And I think it comes down to sacrifice. Like in order to study and prepare for this test, it takes sacrifice. Your job doesn't always allow you to do this while you're on the clock. So you have to sacrifice from friends, family at home. And that's hard. It's hard whenever you come home from work from a long day and you want to hang out with your family or go ride your mountain bike with your friends or, you know, whatever the case may be to say, 
no, I've got to study for this test because I want to better myself. Yeah, it absolutely is a challenge. And the one thing I found when I was preparing is I would set a block of time, you know, an hour a day type thing to study. And I figured a little bit at a time was better than, you know, taking a four or eight hour block at, on the weekends, that type of thing, because I knew it wouldn't happen. So setting that small block every day. Yeah. And I think you retain information better when you do it in small blocks. Small chunks of information is going to retain better than four or eight hours of cramming a lot of information. Absolutely. And then the other thing I did that I found helpful is I built a little cheat sheet on things I didn't, I wasn't as confident in. So as I got closer, I was no longer reading the books, but just reviewing that cheat sheet, if you will, of here's the, here's the brief overview of this topic. Here's these formulas. Here's these acronyms, those types of things, just to kind of keep me, make it easy for me to review what I didn't feel confident with. Yes. Flashcards are wonderful. The good thing about flashcards is you can stick them in your pocket, carry them with you wherever you're going. If you're waiting in line somewhere, instead of looking on your phone on Instagram or Facebook, you can be looking at flashcards and working through those. And those are Flashcards are a great way for me to study, and that helped me a lot, too, in preparing for the test. Excellent. Now, what is the one action you want our listeners to take away from the conversation today? What do you want them to go do, start, change, whatever? I want our listeners to not be afraid of the test, like to know that they can go and prepare for this, that there's information out there to help them to be ready to take this test, and that they can do it. Like it is possible. Don't look at this test as it's it's impossible. It's super difficult because you don't know what's on it. And that's super intimidating because there's not a really good way to study for it. But study, prepare, you know, and to have those resources in order to get to that that goal that they want to achieve. All right. Excellent. Now, we're Bobby. I want to thank you for taking the time to talk to us today about the CMRP, preparing for the CMRP. But before we go, where can people find out more about you? Where can they get into contact with, with you if they want to ask questions, that type of thing? Yeah, so you can just shoot me an email at rgillum at iridicio.com. And uh, if you got any questions, if there's any way that I can help you out, please let me know. Um, visit our website at iridicio.com. There's some stuff on there as well that's super helpful that I think would, would be helpful for you guys. All right. Excellent. I'll make sure to put your email in the show notes so people can easily find it. Now, before we go, do you have any other resources you want to share with our listeners, books, websites, videos, whatever that helped you in preparing for the CMRP? Yeah. So, um, like I said, um, Design to Lead is a really good book. Maintenance and Reliability Best Practices, the second edition was really helpful as well. Read the Toyota Way. It's just really good to see a true reliability culture and how it gets, got started. Um, I always geek out when I start talking about Toyota stuff and one of my friends makes fun of me, but anyways, that's okay. And um, there's a, a couple of other books that are my favorite as far as like leadership goes. And one's called Dare to Lead by Brene Brown. And the other one's called Daring Greatly by Brene Brown as well. Both super really good books. I just enjoy reading those. Um, it's about leadership. And yeah, I think those... If I had to recommend books, those are the ones I always recommend to people. All right. Excellent. I know those books have been referenced by a few other guests, uh, especially ones by Brene Brown. So we'll definitely put some links to those in the show notes as well. Well, Bobby, I want to thank you for taking the time today to talk to us about the CMRP, preparing for it, what people can do to be better prepared and increase their likelihood of success. Thank you for your time. Greatly appreciate it.
Yes, sir. Anytime. I enjoyed it. I would like to thank you for listening and remind you that you can always find out more on maintenance, reliability, and asset management at www.iridicio.com and by following our blog. The Rooted in Reliability podcast is a proud member of the Reliability.fm network. I'd like to ask you to please rate and review this podcast on iTunes or Stitcher. It ensures the podcast stays relevant and is easy to find by like-minded professionals. It is only with your ratings and reviews that the Rooted in Reliability podcast can continue to grow. I thank you for providing this small but critical support. We'll see you next week when we dive into another burning topic with Rooted in Reliability, your plant performance podcast.